Luke chapter 10 this morning. I'm not going to preach a Mother's Day message, but instead I chose to preach about one of my very favorite women in all of Scripture. A woman who had her priorities straight in life. A woman that we all can learn from. A woman that is named Mary of Bethany. This morning we're going to see how important it is to place God's Word in the highest regard. It should be the top priority in our lives. It is God's message to us. It's God's love expressed to you and me. It's where we hear from God. It is where the will of God is found for our lives. It is our infallible rule for faith and practice. It's to be taken serious. It's to be studied with devotion. It's to be heard. It's to be preached. It's to be received with humility. It's to be received as an act of worship. To know God's Word is to know God. To love God's Word is to love God. The Bible is to be supreme in our lives. To be a supreme priority in our lives. Our standard for our lives. I would say one of the greatest plights against the modern church is that we have no time for God. We have no time to stop and to take His Word in. We have no time to prioritize His Word in our life. We have no time to read the Scriptures. The Scriptures that are able to make us wise for salvation. That are profitable for us. For, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. To equip us. To, to, to complete us that we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, we have bought the lie and that many of us think that there are other things in our lives more important than devotion to the Word of God. As a pastor, I hear so much bad thinking, so many bad teachings, much bad theology, and you might ask why. Because we will not sit at the feet of Jesus and take Him to our innermost. We will not ponder on the weight of His words. We will not meditate on them day and night. We will not allow them to be the lamp under our feet, the foundation to which we build our lives on. Far too many Christians refuse to devote themselves to God's Word to devote themselves to sit under His teaching, to cherish it, to receive it as pearls. Instead, we often value what is far less important than, God, than what God would have for us. We are busy with worldly pursuits. We are busy with the food that perishes. We are busy in service. 
Service that we have no idea if it is pleasing to God. We are busy in many things while we neglect the highest priority. And that is to know Christ. To know Him through His treasured Word. Can we prioritize the Word of God too much when it is God who speaks to us through it? Think of your own words this morning. When you ask something to, someone to do something for you, you want them to hear you. When you give a command to your children, you expect them to hear that command and do it. When you speak of something in your past, think of some story you want to tell about your history. You hope to have the ears of those who are you, you are speaking to. Have we not all been offended when people will not hear or listen to the words that are coming out of our mouth? When we speak, it is a reflection of who we are. And we want people to hear us. It is a message for others. Most of us, if not all of us, would desire that our words would be listened to, would be respected, would be honored. Would not God, who created you in His image, He has divinely inspired this Word. He's revealed Himself to man right here. Genesis to Revelation. And He wants you to pay attention. He wants you to listen to Him. He desires that you would sit at His feet and hear all that He has to say. This morning we see a woman who did just that. She resolved to hear from God. She resolved to receive His Word. She resolved to not allow distraction or anything else in life to steal what God had to say to her. What we see in Luke chapter 10 is, is the constant struggle that each of us can face to keep the main thing the main thing. As we look at this account this morning, it must be said that both of these women love the Lord. Both are His. Both have submitted to His Lordship. Both are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Both are loved by the Lord. This isn't a case of Martha's lost and Mary's not. That's just not what we see here. In John chapter 11, verse 5, it says of Jesus that He loved Martha. He loved Mary, and he loved their brother, Lazarus. What we see in this text is how easy it is for a believer to get their priorities out of whack. That's what we see. To make what they are doing for the Lord the ultimate. To the contempt for others. This is something that we have all most certainly struggled with. One thing as we approach this Scripture this morning, 
We are always tempted to make ourselves the hero of the story. When we read the Scriptures, we certainly say, we're David, and we would slay every giant. We're those praising Christ, following Christ, like Mary, sitting at His feet, listening to His every word. We could not possibly be the Pharisees or those yelling, crucify Him. And we read this account, we, we immediately relate to Mary and think, that's us! But if we were to be honest with ourselves this morning, most all of us would have tendencies to be like Martha. Now how do I know that? Because here is the truth. If you do not prioritize God's Word in your life right now, you would not do it if you were there in Martha's house with Jesus. If you do not cherish Him and love Him and love what He has to say to you right now, what makes you believe that your heart would be so ready to do that if you were sitting there in this house. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same Lord to be cherished wherever we are in life. And so let's look at these four verses this morning. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went and entered a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So Martha here, the oldest sister, it's her house. She welcomes Jesus into her house. We also know this is Mary's house. This is Lazarus's house. Um, there are things about this account that we do not know for sure, but we certainly should speculate about such things to help us understand this passage. At this point in time, Jesus is most likely not alone. How often would you ever find Jesus traveling alone in the Gospels? Who was always with Him? His disciples. I would say at this point in time, He's, he's entering this house with not just four people, Mary, Martha, Lazarus and himself, but no, most likely with his disciples. And so it's these four plus 13. It's most likely what is happening as we approach this text. As you think of verse 38, just stop for a moment. Think of the God who created you here today. Think of the closeness of your God. The attention of detail of our God. The, the God of the universe becomes man in the flesh. Jesus Christ taking the time to stop by the house of His friends. He loved them. He dined with them. This, I would say, is a, is a foretaste of heaven with them. Eating and drinking with their Lord. God is not a far off and distant God. He is, he is willing to dine with those who He loves. And he, he comes to their home. Now put yourself this morning in the shoes of Martha. 
She loves the Lord. The Messiah is coming to her house. Imagine the weight she's put on her own shoulders. Listen to her words in John chapter 11 so that you know where she is at and what she believes. In John chapter 11, her brother has died, Lazarus. That's that famous chapter where Jesus says he's the resurrection and the life, and he proves that he is by raising this dead man to life, Lazarus, the brother of Martha. Leading up to that event, here's what she says to Jesus Christ. In verse 21 there in John chapter 11, Martha says this, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Hear her faith in in Christ. Her knowledge of who Jesus is. This one who is from God that is able to perform mighty miracles. He could have healed my brother. She goes on to say, but even now I know whatever you ask God, God will give you. Again, this is showing a trust in Christ, a, a knowledge of who Jesus is. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Again, we see expressions of of Martha's faith. She says, I know he will rise again. In the resurrection, at the last day. In other words, she had believed the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, who said that there would be a day where all those who, who are in the graves would come forth. She believed him. She trusted in his word. Jesus responded to her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asks her, do you believe this? Listen to the words of Martha. She says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. This woman loves the Lord. This woman has true saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a beloved daughter of the Lord. You're going to see that with the way that he speaks to her. And so let's think about this story from her perspective. The Lord is coming. The Christ is coming to her house. Would she not desire to do her very best? And so she has devoted everything to serving Christ. As she welcomes him into her home, it's a noble cause. Please hear me say that. This is good service to God. It is what she ought to do. Hospitality, that's biblical. It's a command from God for His people. Romans 12.13 says that we are to be given to hospitality. And she's a woman. She's doing exactly what God would ask of her. Titus chapter 2, verse 5, she's, she's keeping the home. This is not a case of, of Martha doing something that is outright wrong. This is Martha having her priorities, as I said earlier, out of whack. Now we've looked at Martha. Let's, let's look at her sister. Mary, 
and I probably will mix up their names a few times, try to follow along even though I might do that. Look at verse 39. It says there she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. Mary, we know, is also a woman who loved the Lord and is loved by the Lord. It says here she sat at His feet. This was a sign of her submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. She wanted to be under Him. She, she wanted to hear from Him. This was, a, this was her eager, eagerness to hear and receive from Christ. Mary had a, a much different priority than Martha. She was in the, the presence of the Lord. She was hearing the Word of God. She knew she had the privilege to hear the Holy One of God speak. And so she positioned herself to take it in. She devoted herself to the teaching of Christ. She was letting go in that moment of all that could distract her from hearing from God. She prioritized the words of Christ above all in that moment. There is a time for serving. There is a time for hospitality. There was a time to keep the home. But this was not that time. She knew something was greater than all these things. And He had come into their home. She did not want to waste these precious moments with her Lord. And so she sits at His feet and she hangs onto His every word. She's the blessed of Psalm chapter 1. Here you see Mary in real time meditating on the Word of God. What is she found here? She has found treasure from heaven. She's found the, the bread that does not perish. She's found the water that quenches all thirst. She was collecting pearls from God and placing them into her heart. Nothing in life would take this away from her. In verse 40, the text says, but Martha. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Most likely having many house guests she was left to prepare the meal by herself. Or perhaps even worse, the meal had been completed. And she was faced with the most daunting task, the most undesired task of all of life, to do it all by herself. The dishes. And so she was distracted. Jesus was teaching. The Word of God was being heard. Whatever Martha was doing, it could wait. Instead, she let it fester in her heart. We've all been there, right? If you have a sibling, I'm certain you've been there. Letting this, this boil inside of her Imagine what the conversations were like in her head 
under her breath in the kitchen. How long did she have to do this by herself before she worked up the nerve to say something? How many dishes did they hear slam in the kitchen? How many times did she say to herself, how dare my little sister just sit in there while I have to do this all by myself? She had high expectations of Mary. And when we set the bar high for other people, that is where we will find that we will sin often. Right now, as we look at this text this morning, all of us should resolve in our hearts to lower our expectation for people. There's not a person that you know, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not a sinner. So just take a moment, let's lower our expectations for people. If you have set out to serve Christ, do it with joy, even if no one helps you. Ever. And in fact, if you can't do it with joy, don't do it at all. You're going to find yourself sinning like Martha. If you have people in your life, they're going to fail to meet your expectations of them. And when our expectations are too high, what's it lead to? Complaining? Grumbling? Anger in our hearts, self-righteousness. That's what you see in Martha right here. It leads to us thinking that what we are doing is so important that other people should be dropping what they are doing to help us. It flat out leads to sin in our life. And this is what happened in the case of Martha. She took a good thing a blessed thing, a thing that God would have us do, and she made it more important than anything else. It led her to demand of her sister. It led her to neglect the Word of God, to neglect the weightier matters, to neglect the words of Christ. She thought she knew the will of God, did she? No, she did not. She thought what she was doing would would please the Lord. But in the moment, it was not what God would have her do. She thought serving God was more important in this moment than hearing from God. She was working for the food that perishes while neglecting the spiritual food that was right there straight from Christ. And because... She made what she was doing the supreme priority in her life. It caused her to sin against both God and her sister. She presumed that what she was doing was exactly what was right in the moment and that nothing else could be more important. And this led to the boldness that she shows in her heart to rebuke the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 40. Look at the rest of that verse with me. It says there, she approached him. And she says, Lord, 
Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Do you not care, Lord? And then she goes this further, further, I'm going to command the Lord. Therefore, tell her to help me. She rebukes the Lord. Her serving had become an idol. She let, she let this serving become more important than the words of Christ. Her expectations were not met. As I said earlier, this is often where we fall in life. Longing for what we do not have. Longing that God would meet our demands and our expectations. What did Martha believe in her heart? She deserved better. I have a question for you. How is it that a sinner that deserves only hell deserves anything from God, including the help of her sister? Here's the, the honest truth. If, if Martha was to wash dishes for the rest of her life, day in and day out, every single day, breathe her last, and spend an eternity in heaven with God, that's far more than she ever deserved. Can we take that to heart this morning? Now, that's not our attitude in life. We often look at other people and we have high expectations of them. We become prideful and arrogant and, and thinking that, that God, He should be causing people to serve us. But without Christ, where would we be? Without this Lord, what would we have? The answer is nothing. When she did not receive what she expected, she found enough boldness in her heart to rebuke the Lord of glory. She says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. My only response to that is, whoa. Whoa. What's our expectation? Okay, the fire's going to come down from heaven now. The judgment of God is going to come swiftly against Martha. How dare she speak to her maker this way? That might be our thinking. But look at the gracious response of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 41. He says to her gently, this is his precious daughter. He speaks to her in love, even in her error and in her sin. But he doesn't withhold the truth from her. He says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Our service to the Lord is never to be a cause of anxiety, but it was for Martha. And what the Lord is telling her here is, is Martha, take a deep breath. You believe in your heart that these things can't wait, but they can. 
You think the world is going to end if everything doesn't happen in your timing. But you need to quit your worrying. He's come over here and sit at my feet and listen to the Word of God. Instead of rebuking the Lord, she should have been, I'm going to cast this care on the Lord. I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to sit at His feet. I'm going to hear the things that He wants to say. And so the Lord, he, He's telling her to let go of your cares. Let go of your worries. Look at the words of verse 42. They are so important. He starts that verse saying, but one thing is needed. One thing is needed. What is that? It's Christ. If you have Christ, you have all your need, all you need. Worldly cares can, can easily become our everything, a priority. If I don't get such and such done, I'm going to lose my mind. Our focus of all of life should be Christ and how easily we forget. How easily we forget that Jesus is the pearl of great price. How easily we forget that Jesus is is the greatest treasure of all of our, our life. He is the one thing needed. In other words, what Jesus was saying to Martha is these good things that you seek to do and that you even seek to do for me, they are secondary. These things that you are distracted with, they are secondary. They are fleeting. They are not lasting. Yes, they are good, but they cannot save you. They cannot satisfy the soul. They cannot give you what only Christ can give you. Jesus continues to say to Martha, and while this was a truly gentle rebuke from the Lord, it was certainly hard to hear. Think of his words in verse 42. He says, Mary. That's her sister. He's getting ready to praise Her sister. He says to Martha, Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken from her. In other words, Mary had chosen to be sanctified. She chose to grow in grace. She chose not only to hear the Word, but to take it in. Mary hears Christ is coming, and what is her heart saying? I'm going to prepare myself to receive every single Word that He has for me. Mary chose to prioritize the Word of God above all in her life. And I would say, It is here, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to His words, taking them to His innermost, cherishing the precious pearls of God's Word is where Mary learns to serve the Lord rightly. You read in all four Gospels an account of Mary 
that Jesus said will be told until His return. And she prepares her Lord for burial. Study it sometime. John chapter 12. She serves the Lord. No rebuke given. She serves Him rightly. But how did she get there? It started here. It started at the feet of Christ. It started her hearing and learning and, and being devoted to His Word. It started here. In other words, you can't serve God rightly without first understanding and knowing Him through His Word. The message here is you will never serve God rightly if you are not prioritizing the Word of God in your life. You'll be like Martha, thinking that you're serving the Lord when you're not. Thinking you're doing the Lord's will when you're not. Doing good things that God doesn't even want you to do. Because you don't have the knowledge. Your heart's not in the right place. You don't know what God desires. And where are you going to learn that? From hearing and receiving His Word. If you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus, forsaking all distractions, and taking in this bread from heaven to your innermost, you'll not grow in grace. Without making hearing from God through His Word a supreme priority in life, you're not going to grow. Jesus promised Mary here, and it's a promise to all, who would sit at his feet and listen to his word, that what she learned that day would not be taken from her. Jesus' words were hidden in her heart. They would be there to strengthen her in life, to guide her, to direct her, to help her serve God in her future not to be removed from her. It's important. It's an important message for us. So how do we take these four little verses and, and apply them to our life? Well, hear me today. God still desires that you would prioritize His Word in your life. What distracts you from the Word of God? If you struggle now, you would have struggled then. Don't let the service of God become a curse in your life. God would never have us serve Him and neglect our spiritual health in Him. And God would have you prioritize spiritual bread before any physical bread. God would not have you serve Him while you neglect hearing from Him through His Word. So we must, like Mary, choose the good portion. God desires to grow you through His Word. Promising us here in this text that there is grace for those who will hear. There is grace for those who will grow and learn. There is grace for those who will receive it and take it in. And also a promise that it will not be taken from you. 
And so in times where you're personally reading His Word, why are you reading it? Are you just reading it to read it? To get to the next chapter? To get to the end of the book? Are you even reading it at all? Are you reading it so you can say, I read the Bible? As you go to seek to read the the words of God, are, are you letting the things around you distract you? Are there dings on your phone? Are there things in your day that are constantly calling you? Screaming at you, telling you this is far more important than what you're doing right now. Do you wake up in the morning and think of all of your day as the most important thing in all of your life? Or do you say to yourself, no, I need spiritual bread. I need to sit at the feet of Christ. I need to know Him and then serve Him. The message here is that we are to prioritize God's Word. We are to carve out time to sit at His feet and to hear from Him. It is the one thing needed most. Jesus said, but one thing is needed. And that is to hear from Christ. God would have His people gather together, assemble, and worship. Lord's Day worship. That's what we're doing right here. There are always reasons to miss church. God providentially hinders us through, through sickness and other things. But when we come, this service is to be revolving around His Word. Our songs, our prayers, the preaching of His Word, everything based and, and, and around, revolving around His Word. So when we neglect the word, Lord's Day, where God speaks to us through the preaching of His Word, We are saying to God, there's things in life that are more important than hearing from you. We say things like, sports are more important. Family is more important. Vacation is more important. Work is more important. Money is more important than sitting at our Master's feet and hearing and receiving and growing from His Word. When we come into this gathered assembly and we do not prepare our hearts, we're going to find that our minds are busy with much serving the way Martha's was. Busy with the cares of this world, thinking about your week, thinking about what is happening next, thinking about all that you have to do out there. Too busy. Too busy up here to receive what God has for us. 
And this is where God wants you to come to be fed. You have to resolve in your heart to walk through these doors and say, I'm sitting at the feet of Christ today. I'm letting nothing distract me and I'm going to receive exactly what He has for me this day. I'm going to choose the good portion. I'm going to choose what Christ has for me, that one thing needed. And I'm going to believe His Word that what I receive through His grace will not be taken from me. In hearing this, we must repent. Who here has not been distracted with many things? We must set our minds like Mary to eagerly receive the teachings of Christ, to ponder on them, to meditate on them, to let go of our serving, but for a moment that we might focus on that one thing that is needful. There is a time for service. There is a time for hospitality. There is a time to do what Martha did. This is not that time. There is a time to think of all the things that you have to do out there. This is not that time. As we set our minds to receive the Word of God, it is here that God will equip us to serve Him. It is here that God will show us His will it is here that God will give us the one thing needed that will not be taken from us. Mary, what she was doing was, was worshiping her king. When we actually prioritize the study, the hearing, the receiving of His Word, we do it as an act of worship. Saying with our actions that, that God, what you have to say to me today is more important than anything else. It's you saying with your heart, yes, God, Christ is the one thing that I need. Christ is the highest priority in my life. His Word is what I need to be fed with. This morning as I wrap this up, if you have no desire to receive His Word, please repent. Turn from that thinking. And what would Christ say to you? You're worried and troubled about many things. He would tell you to come, sit, and listen. He would tell you to come and receive the one thing that is needful in life. He would bid you to come and hear from Him, to receive Him in your innermost, to be His today. May it be true of all of you.